What is up, everybody? We are back after a... Uh, what would I say? A, um, a forced hiatus? So, I have been recording episodes, and it really seems as if... Um, or not seems... None of those episodes have reached uh, the air, been distributed. I recorded and I published, but somehow episodes have gone um, gone missing. And I guess there's a whole bunch of ways that we can speculate and think about how this happened or how they got lost and why things got lost or whatever but I guess that not I guess but it's just not really important to talk about but the importance is is I think everything is figured out now and uh, I'll be able to get some more um, content out to you and be able to record the show more on that, uh, I think I'd like to give a little bit of an update on what's been going on with the show, kind of what direction I think, as I'd like to think, I'd like to think to uh, change a little bit. And one of the things that I thought about doing is, and believe that I'm going to do at least for a little bit, is to do two episodes a week. One of them being the kind of episode that you're used to. And then another one, a bit of a uh, sermonette style. Um, I don't know what kind of sermonettes I'm going to do. If I'm going to do topical stuff or if I'm going to go uh, through books, things like that. But it'll be, one, it'll be a little bit good for me uh, to be able to do a little bit of uh, teaching and a small bit of um, expository um, stuff. I don't want to say preaching because I don't think that's what it'll be at all and I don't want anybody to take it as preaching. The reason why I want to keep them sermonettes and to be short is because I don't want any of you to think that this replaces church at all Um, and if there kind of seems to be this this bit of it seems like that that's what is happening then I I'll I'll stop the sermonettes and um, and very much encourage you to stop listening to the podcast and go get involved and sit under teaching in your local church Um, I I really don't care if there's uh, there's churches that don't meet every single little thing that you agree with, um, you need to be involved with the local church. Uh, we live in America, and uh, there's a whole bunch of churches all over the place um, that I'm sure there is a solid church within 10 to 15 miles of your living vicinity. So, um, there, there's just no, no excuse for those of you that are listening that aren't in America. Um, I, I still think, you know, um, and which kind of ties in a little bit to, 
um, in a little bit of an opposite way of what I want to discuss today. Um, a lot of the stuff that you may be claiming on why you're not going to a local church, um, you can try to say that, well, because they're not preaching Calvinism. Okay, cool. Secondary issue. That's a secondary doc- doctrine. That doesn't, that's not a salvific issue. Um, you know, um, to all these different things. Um, you know, even, I've even known, um, Baptists that go to Lutheran and Presbyterian churches and are members there, they just don't baptize their children there. And I've heard of uh, Presbyterians and Lutherans doing the same in Baptistic churches. So, um, you know, that secondary thing only goes so far. If it's still a solid gospel preaching church, you need to be a part of it. You need to be in it. That being said, there is a bunch of talk right now about secondary issues and what we should be worried about with secondary issues. Uh, And, um, you know, uh, yeah, let's just come right out and say it. Um, Especially since this hits kind of near and dear and home to me. I go to a Southern Baptist seminary online, and one of the few denominations that actually are proud to be Baptist, Um, and uh, I I know that, that the SBC has had its issues and a lot of weird stuff going on with it, weird CRT stuff creeping in, and weird, um, um, you know, feminist, um, just strange things kind of creeping into to it, and then of course, when everybody thinks of the SBC, they instantly go to Elevation Church by the Glades and this guy, Rick Warren from Saddleback Church. Oh man! <clears throat> so Rick Warren uh, had ordained and commissioned two women pastors. And that's a no-no in the SBC. That's a no-no. Because the SBC, even though it is not, it does not claim to a, have everybody want to sign on to it and claim a uh, historical uh, Baptist confession. They are a confessional people, er, denomination because of Oh, what was it? Is, is it the two thousand, the Baptist Faith and Message two thousand or two thousand ten, whatever it was? But because of that, that is technically a confession, and I guess it's not technically a confession. It is a confession. It's just not one of our historical confessions, like the Westminster, the Augsburg, the sixteen eighty nine, the First London Baptist Confession, and even the Philadelphia Confession. Um, it, it, it's just, just, just not a, um, yeah, it, it's just not a, uh, um, a historical one, but it is a confession nonetheless. And in that confession, it says that only men are to be pastors and hold that office and role as pastor. And this kind of stems from what 
we call a pastor in script scripture because there's some that re that that want to separate pastor and elder from from each other and even overseer when I believe they're all one in the same that the overseer the pastor and the elder is all the same and this is a really sneaky thing that has been happening within evangelicalism kind of as a, as a whole that especially they want to separate elder and pastor as two separate things that elders are for shepherding the church and pastors are for teaching and preaching and all all that kind of stuff when the word pastor is only used maybe twice and maybe we can gain in acts that uh a um three times like i'll give it three times out of many 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 times that we hear elder or shepherd and i think that that distinction has been made or they have made that that separation distinction between the two because it falls very much in line with the CEO model of pastoring in the American church right now. Something that is very big in large churches, very big in, I hate to say it, the, uh, the, the SBC, um, and even this young restless reform kind of thing. Um, it allows pastors and, and it really has allowed for very, very large church things to where the pastors are the ones who kind of deal with the running of the church and the teaching. But the elders are the ones who kind of act as deacons that shepherd and have the have the um, intimate knowledge with the congregation. And it's easier to do that in a large church because well the church is big and so it's easier for the pastors or for pastors to say well we're dealing with the church issues and these elders can deal with the when again this is a differentiation between the office of elder and deacon they're 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 different but that's not kind of what we're getting into now we're kind of seeing a another kind of redefining of pastor with this whole Rick Warren thing with giving the giving of women pastors which again it doesn't exist scripture is fairly clear that men are to be pastors men are elders that's men only and his argument was well they aren't teaching pastors but then he named his successor who's wife is a teaching pastor and would be a teaching pastor at Saddleback Church. So the SBC went in the talks to um, disfellowship them and to take them out of the SBC, which I think is just absolutely absurd that it took that to talk about disfellowshipping, not mentioning the compromising of the gospel. That's not a reason to disfellowship but naming of women pastors. Yes, that's okay. Anyways, but Rick Warren starts talking about, you know, what does it mean to be a pastor? Well, I think 
Titus and First Timothy are pretty clear of what it means to be a pastor. It's hard for a woman to be a husband of one wife. It's really hard for that to happen, especially because a woman cannot be a husband. So, um, but it's it's the things like like that that especially talk to that or speak to the fact that yes, this is a male only thing. But this whole thing that I want to talk, talk about, like, we, again, we can talk, I'm not quite there yet, <laughs> but the thing that I really want to talk about today isn't the, so much the fact that we're redefining what it means to be pastors, redefining this and redefining that. We'll talk about definitions later, and maybe I can get somebody on the show to talk about why definitions and defining things is important. I mean, this would be a great show for Alex to, uh, um to join to join join me on because he seems to be doing you know having the same kind of um same kind of thing that defining terms is very important but let's talk about secondary issues secondary issues are very important and the the whole the whole rallying thing of of Rick Warren was you know let's concern ourselves with the gospel and not fight over these secondary issues. All right, sir. Well, as I've mentioned before, and that's not what this episode is about, you've compromised the God gospel. But let's talk about, should secondary issues be so important that we that associations and denominations disassociate people with so let's talk about this is having women as the role of pastors even though that's not a thing is that a salvific issue nope nope um no Plain, plain, plain and simple. There is nothing in the gospel that says that you have to believe that only men can be pastors. And and this is really hard for me to say, but because you know, if, if we're taking scripture at its word. Um, we already know, but, um, yeah, no, um, it's not a salvific issue. If somebody has a change of heart and they believe that women should and can be pastors, can and should, they did not lose any sort of salvation. Um, they did not lose their standing with God. If a believer believes that they did not lose any sort of right standing with God. So it is not a gospel issue. But just because it is not a gospel and a salvific issue doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Doesn't mean that it shouldn't be contended with. Because if we look in scripture, God cares quite a bit 
about secondary issues. If we go and let's just let let's just kind of start out with let, 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 let's let's look at Leviticus um, once again. Once again, hearing those beautiful pages in Scripture flipping as I flip to pages that I don't have bookmarked. Because, once again, there is no preparation, really, for this podcast. There is no <laughs> there is no practicing. There is me just kind of going off the cuff a little bit. So if we go to Leviticus 10. Okay. Nadab and Abihu. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his his censer and put fire and laid laid incense and offered unauthorized fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded. And the fire came from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. So, most of us would contend that though we see it very important that regulative principle and um, normative print, print, print principle is a secondary issue within the church. Worship style is a secondary issue within the church. That just because you have a guitar and a full band in church does not mean that you are in worse standing than I heard a squeaking in my headphones, and I had to make sure it wasn't my daughter. Instead, it is my dog having a uh, dream where he is kind of whining. So, um, be not alarmed by the squeaky noise. Um, That means Saul. That is not a, uh, you know, a a fire thing. A a smoke smoke detector. (laughs) Yeah, smoke detector. That's not a smoke detector going off like when... Uh, me and Jermaine had a had a, a conversation. Anyways, so most of us would say that kind of stuff is an open-handed issue and not salvific. That there are very good believers that even have the smoke machines and lights and all that kind of stuff. While we may disagree with it wholeheartedly, that that's not a salvific issue. However. God saw this secondary issue of worship right here as such an important thing that he killed Nadab and Abihu. That this second, like, I don't even think that we should read into it and try to see if Nadab and Abihu had bad intentions. They did not do what the Lord commanded. Those who are within churches that that have women pastors, they are not doing as the Lord commanded. Now, does that mean God is going to strike people dead? No. 
but it happened here. I don't think that we should read into the text that Nadab and Abihu had some sort of, you know, well, this is, obviously there was some sort of, you know, wanting to do it their own way because they did not do it in, in the way God had commanded in the chapter before, where Aaron's blessing was pleasing in the sight of God. Aaron's worship was pleasing in the sight of God. But Nadab and Abihu, by, by, by they, they decided to do it in their own way. And all we know is that it was unauthorized fire. It was not fire that was known from God's commandments. A secondary issue. Now if we go to a likewise passage in Acts. Again, flipping pages. Bear with me. That Ananias and Sapphira, and I'm sure that's where everybody thought I was going with this, was Ananias and Sapphira. That Ananias, and, and I'm sure a lot of us already know, know the story, Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5 were put to death because they lied about their tithe. Now, is lying about the tithe a sin? Well, lying is a sin, yes. But is that a salvific issue? Is lying about what you put in the offering plate a salvific issue? Now, I know some may think that this is a little bit of a stretch for a um, for a for a secondary I- 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 issue, but they they did not share and I know that there are some play play places that actually share what was in what was in in what they gave and things 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 of that that sort and so God thought that that issue though not a salvific issue was enough for condemnation then I know we're kind of running out of we're running out of time right now and I have just decided that short um,
believe it's in 1 Corinthians 11, that, you know, we have especially, okay, let's talk about the confessional people, Lutherans, Presbyterians, Baptists. We all have sort of a different idea of the Lord's Supper and who is to partake of it, what happens. Um, I do want to say this, though. Those of you that think that Baptists only think that 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 um, we have a Zwinglian view, that the confessional Baptists have a Zwinglian view of of um, of the Lord's Supper, very wrong, very very wrong. No, read the confession, read the confessions. There is a real presence that. Jesus is there by faith. That we're not doing it just in memoriam. That we are communing with him. And he is present with us in faith. A real spiritual presence. Anyways, so. With that. With that, so there are three kind of just differing view, 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 views here, and we would all say each of these views, as long as it's not this kind of Catholic re-crucifying Christ every week or every Mass, that it's not a salvific issue. But how we see that the Lord's Supper was taken in a very bad way. And we would even say if you take the Lord's Supper in a wrong way, that, that that's still not really a salvific issue. That God had made people sick and... Even some had passed because of the secondary issues of what was going on with the Lord's Supper. Now, there are serious secondary issues, and there are serious secondary issues. Baptism is a serious secondary issue. Church governance, a serious secondary issue. Lord's Supper, serious secondary issue. I would even say regulative versus normative, very serious secondary issue. We can still love and and be in fellowship with those who have those secondary issues. But they are very serious. While yes, no, that if you get, if you have differing, if you have differing opinions on these things, they will not affect your standing with God, and they don't mean that you're believing a false gospel. While if you think that women should be pastors does not mean you are believing a false gospel, it is a serious secondary issue. There's a lot of secondary issues. And here's another thing. A lot of the places that have secondary issues that, that, that that have these serious secondary issues going on, 
they also have serious issues with the gospel going on. And in my opinion, that's how this stuff creeps in. That is how CRT cre- creeps in, feminism creeps in, how the social gospel creeps in. Because you have compromised the gospel. And if you thought it was okay to compromise the gospel to make it more palatable, then it is certainly okay to compromise other of God's commandments. That is no wonder how CRT crept in and saw its ugly face into the SBC. It is no wonder why feminism is still an issue. It is no wonder why things of intersectionality are an issue. If we're going to go ahead and compromise the gospel, which is a first importance issue, if we're going to go ahead and compromise that, why wouldn't we compromise others of God's commandments? These serious secondary issues. Plain and simple. They're in scripture. Well, that's the episode, guys. Um, That's all I got for you. Like I said, a little bit off the cuff. Uh, Be looking out for uh, the second episode this week that is going to drop. I think we are going to take a little bit of a walk through Ephesians. And then uh, maybe an Old Testament book off of that. So, um, guys, if you like what what you hear, um, share it. Let everybody know know you like it. Share it, share it, share it. Okay. Um, Love you guys. God bless. Until next time.